0: Welcome to Listening Well, with me, Stephanie, where every weekday, I'm going to share a pod post on how to live your best life. And this week, I'm so happy to have one of my dear friends and a woman on a mission to inspire others, the one and only Simone Hang. Simone is a human connection specialist and former international broadcaster for Virgin Radio Dubai, HBO Asia, CNBC, among others. She has over 15 years of experience around the world as a communicator on-air, on-stage, and of course, one-on-one. Connection has always been her life's work, and she inspires people to connect in a world thirsty for connection. She's also just released her first book on human connection, Secret Pandemic, The Search for Connection in a Lonely World, It is the Singaporean bestseller, as well as Amazon US number one bestseller in the social science reference category. We're so happy to have Simone this week to share with us on Human Connection.
1: Hi, I'm Simone Heng, a Human Connection specialist, speaker, and author on the topic. I'm lucky enough to travel the world speaking to organizations on how they can be more connected, But the basic truth is, we can all do some broad stroke work to feel more connected in our daily lives. So what is human connection? I define human connection as the energetic rapport we experience with another human being when we are able to see, feel, and discover ourselves mirrored in them. Just like food, water, and shelter, connection is a basic human need. When we were living in tribes, evolving as early man, there was safety in numbers. If we were lost from our tribe for some unfortunate reason, we would not survive long without our tribe's people to share food with us, protect us from saber-toothed tigers, and take turns watching over us while we slept. The brain became wired to equate connection with safety, and that's why we crave real connection so badly, even to this day. The problem is, in the world we currently live in, we are more digitally connected than ever, but more emotionally disconnected than ever. We have turned our backs on the innate ways we have within us to connect with others. There is a loneliness epidemic globally, which threatens our physical well-being too. When we feel lonely, our body goes into survival mode, a fight-or-flight response which releases stress hormones into our body. Over long periods of time, this damages our immunity and shortens our lifespan. This is why you've probably heard over and over that loneliness is more deadly than smoking or obesity. I go deeper into these concepts in my best-selling book, Secret Pandemic, The Search for Connection in a Lonely World. But for now, I wanted to share with you the basic pillars of human connection over the next five episodes of the Listening Well podcast. These will help you feel more connected to yourself and others. Pillar 1. Today we'll learn to connect with yourself. Self-connection is the key to connecting well with others. Canadian social worker and therapist Tim Sitt defines self-connection as the process of being in touch with the worthiness or wholeness of yourself regardless of the form of experience you are having. So how do we connect better with ourselves in tangible ways? One avenue that worked really well for me was therapy. Unlocking and going back through your childhood to see how that sense of self formed is incredibly powerful. But on a practical level, let's look abstractly at what we do in therapy. We spend whole hours just sitting and unravelling ourselves, strand by strand, like our lives are big piles of messy spaghetti and we are laying each noodle flat next to us as we deal with each issue. This act of mindfully sitting and working on yourself is powerful. Ask yourself, can you sit with yourself? How do you feel in your own company? Another way to get a greater connection with yourself, and I've recently begun my exploration into this personally, is meditation and breathwork. When the parasympathetic nervous system is stimulated, it releases feel-good hormones like oxytocin, melatonin, serotonin, and dopamine. These are the hormones we need for our feelings of happiness and trust in our relationships. Not to mention the fact that when we are out of that fight or flight response from our sympathetic nervous system, we are more present in our interactions with others. This enables us to be much calmer and kinder to the people around us. So if you haven't already, please block off some time in your calendar where you will treat yourself to moments of meditation, breath work, or therapy. Time to literally get to know yourself better and connect with yourself. In the next episode, I'll be speaking about building rapport and taking that healthy relationship with yourself into relationships with others. Pillar two I'll teach you how to build rapport effectively. We don't trust someone immediately upon meeting them, it doesn't work that way. So, how do we get to that point of trust to feel authentic connection? This comes from building rapport. I want you to think of rapport like tenderizing meat. Trust is the marination and authentic connection comes after we cook that piece of meat. I like food analogies. Apologies to the vegans listening too. I couldn't find a suitable meatless alternative. Rapport is essentially when other people perceive us to be more like them. This is useful because, as I mentioned earlier, we evolved in tribes and we trust people we perceive are more like us, just like our fellow tribes people back in the day. So how do we create rapport when you don't look at all like somebody's tribesmate? Well, there are three major things that seasoned human connectors do innately. Number one, speak to people how they speak to you. Match them in tone, pitch and speed. If someone you are trying to connect with struggles with English, for example, slow down and match their speed. For those that are multilingual listening, if you can hear someone is struggling with their second language and you recognize that accent and you speak their first language as your second or third, swap into it. Make it easier for them to connect with you. We used to say, meet people halfway. I now believe in an increasingly disconnected and polarized world, we need to meet people 80% of the way. So make connection foolproof. Speak to people how they speak to you. Number two, speak to people about the things they like to speak about. This seems to have been forgotten amidst the narcissism of our Instagram-led lives. But allowing others to speak about what they love does a few things. It makes you instantly more likable, as you will come across as a great listener. And secondly, if you practice mindful listening, you'll pick up on the disclosure of information which will allow you to show that you have commonalities. This allows the person to see you as more alike than they may assume, and this brings you closer to establishing trust. Number three. Lastly, use your body to mirror and match the person you are communicating with. This also shows them you are more alike than they think. For example, if they have casual posture and you are upright, move to match their physical tone. For mirroring, you could act as their subtle mirror. Move your left shoulder slightly after they move their right. The emphasis here should be on subtle and not a full-on mime show. I hope these very quick tips have added some value and more often than not you are subconsciously already doing one of these three things. That's because connection is a basic human need, and we will all find ourselves at some point or another moving closer in that direction as it is something we crave. Pillar three. I'm gonna talk about using your commonalities to connect. Using your commonalities to connect and points of relatability is so powerful because it highlights how we are more alike as human beings than different in this highly polarised world. I've recently written a book called Secret Pandemic, The Search for Connection in a Lonely World. In one of the chapters, one of the case studies is an old friend of mine from when I lived in Dubai, Christina Sang. Christina is Korean, raised in Manila, educated in the US, has lived in Switzerland, dubai bali portugal and more in all of these cities she was this girl who had to make friends regardless of language as i explained in earlier episodes when we are separated from our tribe the tribe we evolved with our brain goes into high alert that survival mode it feels our safety is compromised we have less bioenergetic resources when we are alone as compared to with our tribe it becomes imperative to go out to connect if you have lived away from your home country, you will understand this feeling of urgency to make friends in a foreign place. For Christina, regardless of where she was, she had to make friends over and over again, and she became a master at finding points of relatability with others. Christina moved to Portugal with her then-boyfriend and wanted friends of her own. She couldn't speak Portuguese, but she knew she could find commonalities regardless of language because she had done it from the time she was a little girl. She would go into a nightclub for their special old-school R&B night, knowing that everyone there would have the first commonality of liking the same sort of music. Next, she would go to the bathroom to touch up her makeup and listen for English. When she heard English being spoken, she knew, aha, these people would also be foreign in Lisbon. That's commonality number two. She'd turn to them and say, hey, do you like food? Now, who doesn't like food? Commonality number three. Then she would organize a foodie tour for them all to go together around Lisbon. That's how she made friends. And here, one commonality after another helped to break down those barriers, create connection, and form friendships. As I mentioned before, We were part of tribes in our evolution and therefore are wired to desire connection with other people. When we see someone has a lot in common with us, we see them as more like us and more like our tribe. In this deeply polarized world, how can you use this filter, wear this hat to see how people are more alike with you than different? Connection leaves clues. The next time you go out, use commonalities connect as your mantra. Maybe a new connection is wearing a t-shirt that you also own. Use it as a conversation opener. Maybe they're wearing a sporting team scarf and you support the same sporting team. It's a commonality. Highlight your commonalities instead of your differences and watch how fast you'll connect. Pillar four, vulnerability the direct route to authentic connection. Vulnerability is truly our route to deeper and more authentic connection. And it's how we move a more superficial connection to something that really satiates us. It's any disclosure of emotional information really. And it allows us to create the kind of friendships which extend our lifespan and keep us healthy as human beings. Social penetration theory states that as relationships develop, communication moves from relatively shallow, non-intimate levels to deeper, more personal ones. The more time you spend with the person, the deeper you share. So you cannot just go into a fresh connection and bomb them with your vulnerability. This actually scares off the kind of connection we all crave. It makes the new connection suspicious of us. It says to the connection that you cannot hold on to your own secrets. You certainly won't be able to hold on to theirs. I know a lot about oversharing because I was a radio DJ for 15 years and I was paid every month to share things about my life that I might not be ready to share. And it's strange when you've had that toxic relationship with vulnerability, I had to relearn how powerful it is when vulnerability is done with intention." I want to illustrate for you how powerful vulnerability can be to connect people. I want you to close your eyes and jump in the time machine with me. Imagine, it's 1965, and for months, Lee Kuan Yew, the founder of Singapore, has been meeting with officials in Malaysia. Overnight, his self-described adult life's dream of a united Malaysia has been dashed. He sits on a couch on national Singaporean television, still in black and white and crackly, and he cannot hold back his tears. This is a man who is highly educated. He speaks in a voice, a crisp British accent that doesn't resemble the same accent of the people he leads. He's stoic and most of the time doesn't show much expression. But on this national TV broadcast... He cries from exhaustion, from disappointment, from loss of face. And it's in this incredible moment, this display of vulnerability, that this highly educated, seemingly infallible, stoic man is just like every one of us. He is not his race. He is not his gender. He is not his education. He is not his class. In that, he is just a human being who cries because he feels he let down people he cared about. Think about that, how relatable that is, how that connects us. We have all once been a person who has been sad because we've let down people we love or care about. Vulnerability makes us deeply human and we are Human beings before we are any of the titles the world gives us. Mother, father, son, statesman, leader of a country. Vulnerability is deeply human because to be human is to be flawed. And with AI and Web 3.0 avatars nipping at our feet, the more human you can be, the better. Vulnerability puts the human in human connection. Pillar 5. Today, we're going to talk about being of service, walking through the world with an others-driven mindset. Our final pillar for creating powerful human connection is service. Now, walking through our self-driven world with an others-driven mindset might seem difficult to do. Being of service to others can also give us perspective and draw us out of our own isolation or feelings of helplessness being of service can be thinking about what others may need of you it also isn't just volunteering your time or money so why does being of service make us feel more connected to each other remember the tribe i know you do because i've kept mentioning it that tribe that we evolved in where we became wired for connection because there was safety in numbers if we were cast out of the tribe we would not survive long This is why, to this day, social rejection is something we fear so much as human beings. It hurts us. Our brain detects it the same way it detects physical pain, which is why when your heart breaks, your chest literally hurts. What better way to prevent being socially rejected, cast out of that tribe, than to be indispensable to that tribe? And we do this by positively impacting the community beyond us. This is why when we do good for others, you get a hit of feel-good dopamine, and so do they. Here's an example. One of the women I interviewed in my book, Secret Pandemic, is Shelley Tigilski, and she founded Pandemic of Love. It's a global, grassroots, volunteer-led, formalised mutual aid community. Mutual aid is a voluntary reciprocal exchange of resources and services based on the principle that members of a community should feel responsible to care for one another and aspire to develop a community safety net where no individual goes hungry, no individual is without shelter, and no individual feels alone. And what's amazing about it is because it's not structured like a standard charity, it allows the donor and recipient of the aid to be directly connected The recipient feels more socially connected because they have not been forgotten by the tribe they belong to, but also the donor feels incredibly connected because they can see the positive impact they are making on the community. The improvements to the mental well-being of everyone involved in this project during the coronavirus epidemic was incredible, according to Shelley. So here's the tough question and maybe an action point. When was the last time you did an act of service for someone beyond your family unit without expecting anything in exchange, no quid pro quo? If you can't remember, how can you mark it in your calendar this month to make sure you do at least one thing for someone in your community during the month?
0: Thank you so much, Simone, for that juicy content on what human connection means to you. For those of you who wish to follow Simone on Instagram and Twitter, you can do so at Simone Hang. Her website is listed in the show notes, alongside a link to buy her book on Amazon, as well as the link to her community, Courageous Speaking Community, of which she started just a few years ago. She's very active on LinkedIn, so if you'd like to communicate with her through that platform, you can find her at Simone Hang Speaker. Thanks again, Simone. Thanks for listening well. The link to our website is in our show notes, and I'll be back with another week of daily episodes to inspire you to live your best life.